You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. You know, today we are continuing our series called More Than a Book, and we're talking about how God's Word, this, this Bible right here, is more than a book. It's more than just words on a page. It's more than just a historical document. It's more than just a, a self-help book. It's so much more than that. It is something that um, it is necessary for our spiritual success here on earth. It gives us incredible insight. In fact, I was just reminded of this this past week. You know, um, a while back, my, my wife and I, we had uh, some people over to our house for dinner. And as we were having dinner, Gavin was sitting with us. Our son Gavin, he just turned eight. He's sitting with us and, and uh, he eats his dinner and he, you know, says, hey, I'm done. I feel full. And so, you know, he takes his, his uh, dishes to the sink and then, you know, he goes off and he goes to his room and he begins to play. And we continued to talk and about 20 minutes later, maybe 30 minutes or probably even longer than that uh, later, um, we're talking and as we're having discussion around the, the dining room table, Gavin comes back in from his room and he doesn't say anything to us. He just kind of uh, walks by, and he, out of the side of his eye, he's kind of looking at me, and I, I notice that he's walking by. And he walks past us, and he goes through the kitchen, and I see him go through the kitchen, and then I hear the pantry door open. And in the pantry door, uh, on one of the shelves, we have a basket of candy, and it's just leftover candy from, I mean, if you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like holidays or birthdays or uh, all kinds of stuff. We just got candy, and it's like half of it's probably expired, but it's in there, you know? And so um, he knows where it's at. And so he went in there, and I was just listening as we were talking. I was just kind of listening out of, out of, um, to see what he was doing, and I heard him go in there, and I could hear him kind of struggling because the candy's uh, not out of reach per se, but it's pretty high up. And so I hear him struggling a little bit, and then I hear him moving our trash can, which is in our pantry as well. He moves our trash can around, and I can hear, I can picture it in my mind, but I can hear him climbing on the trash can so that he can reach a piece of candy, and then I hear him climb off, and then I hear he comes out, closes the door, and then he walks, doesn't say a word, but he just walks past us with one sucker in his hand and goes back to his room. Now, in that moment, I just had this picture of, He didn't even think to ask, right? But why? Because he's lived long enough to know he's done everything we've asked him to do. He ate his dinner. He cleaned up after himself. And so normally when he asks for candy after that, we say yes. But why? Because he was doing what he was supposed to be doing. And I just had this picture in my mind and this reminder that goes with our series here that this is our pantry, this is our pantry. You have, you have access to a lot of things in here. But here's what it takes, is it takes us having the confidence of an eight-year-old boy who's walked in what? In obedience to what we've asked him to do. When we walk in obedience to this word, when we have a need, or maybe not even a need, but when we just need a little sweet treat, you know what I'm talking about? Like, I just need something sweet, right? Just a sucker, right? Just a piece of chocolate, you know what I'm talking Come on. Afterwards, when I need something in my life, we can have confidence to go to God's word, a pantry, a spiritual pantry, and say, let me find what I need in here. Yeah, that sounds good. I'll take some of that. And then get it. 
We have access to it. That's how God's created this thing. God hasn't created this book for us to, make, to be some grand mystery. Now, is it deep and is it connected and is it fabulous the more you dive into it because it is so perfectly and amazingly designed and, and attached? Yes. However, he's made it simple enough for us to go to and to get what we need and to walk out with some confidence. That's what we can do with God's word. Just like an eight-year-old boy going to the pantry to get a sucker, get what he needs, what sounds good, I'm going to get what I need. That is an agreement with, that, that's an agreement with our Heavenly Father, and we can experience it, and we can walk with confidence and experience it together. God is good. He wants us to experience his goodness, but it, it comes through walking in agreement with his word. So far in this series, we've talked about how this is more than a book. It is our spiritual bread, right? We said, how long can you go without food? Maybe 40, maybe 80 days. Like that's the extreme, 40 to 80 days. How long can, last week we talked about water. It's like water to us. How can we go, how far can we go without water? Four to 17 or four to 14 days-ish around there, maybe, depending on the situation. But today, today we're talking about how this is more than a book. It is breath to us. It is breath. The Bible is the very breath of God. It's like air. And so the question is, how long can you go without air? You ever had a competition in the pool, right, with your, with your, uh, you know, uh, your brother or sister or somebody else, see how long, who can hold their breath the longest, right? I don't know about you, but I was never good at that, okay? It doesn't matter how good a shape I was in. I, can, I was just never good at it. I, I mean, you can go maybe a minute or two minutes, you know, and some people that are crazy can go longer than that, but it's like, man, how long can you go without air? God designed our physical body not to go very long without air, without fresh air. How much more, we're going to see today, how much more has he designed our spiritual well-being to go? We need this every day. We can't go without it. We cannot go without it. But the truth is this, as we've talked so far in this series, we have too many spiritually malnourished, dehydrated, oxygen-depleted Christians in 2022. Why? Because uh, God is such a mean God and he's so distant and it's so hard to follow him? No, simply because we've fallen out of love with this. If we would just love this, read this, do what it says, our world, not just our life, our family, and all of that, but our world would look drastically different. So let's look at a verse here, 2 Timothy 3.16. It says this, all scripture, everyone say all. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God or the woman of God may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is pretty important then for what we're doing, what God's asked us to do, right? If I'm gonna be equipped for what God wants me to do in my life, I've got to know this. This is, this is the most important thing. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Those five words there, this is amazing. Those five words are actually one Greek word, which means God breathed. The, all scripture then is God breathed. God breathed. So let's take it a step further. This is the New King James Version, which is pretty accurate to the original and translated into English as accurate as possible. Here's the, the, another way of looking at this is what it says, what? Inspired. It's for inspiration. What does inspired mean? One definition of inspired is actually to breathe in. To breathe in. So scripture is God breathed. So here's what it's showing us. How was this thing written down then? Did man, did man actually put pen to paper? Absolutely they did. However, were they just, oh, well, this sounds good, or I think this is my opinion about God? Absolutely not. That's not in this book. This is not opinions. This is truth in here. Man wrote it down, but here's what happened. Literally, this is saying God breathed 
into men his word, and they wrote it down. He breathed, they received it, and they wrote it. So when we read these, these scriptures off of here, this is so much more than just a good book. It is literally the breath of God. And when you read it, you are breathing in the breath of not natural air, but spiritual air and oxygen that is good for your soul, that's good for your spirit, that brings life and life abundantly. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at a passage from Ezekiel, and we're going to read 10 verses here, and we're going to look at these 10 verses and how these 10 verses apply to the breath of God. Now, this is a vision that the prophet is getting, and so I'm not going to get into the meaning of it or necessarily the, the, the context behind it, but I want to specifically look at the, what happens when God breathes into a situation. So let's read it together. Ezekiel 37, starting in verse 1, it says this, the hand of the Lord came upon me, this is Ezekiel, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and he set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Notice it says bones, not skeletons. It wasn't perfectly laid out skeletons that were there, but it was just random bones that were scattered. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry, meaning this, they'd been there for a while. They'd been long dead. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And so I answered and I said, oh, Lord God, you know, or only you know. Verse 4, again he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you. I will cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and I prophesied. And, and as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. So now they formed skeletons. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Here we go. Two more verses here. Also, he said to me, prophesy now to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds or from all over, from, from uh, everywhere that you dwell, o, o breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived and they stood on their feet in an exceedingly great army. Sometimes you're going to read God's word and you're just like... This is crazy, right? Put yourself in, the, in his shoes here, right? He gives him this vision, and here he is. He has this vision, and he's set out there. There's all these bones, and he's, God says, can they live? Can these be people again, basically? And he says, only, only you know. You know, I'm just here to try to be obedient. And so he does what God asks him to do, and the miraculous takes place. But what is the key to bringing life and to the fullest back, it's the breath of God. And so here's what the breath of God does. And when we say the breath of God, in our context, we're talking about this, right? All scripture is God breathed. So when I dive into this, here's what happens in my life. Number one is this, the breath of God gives wisdom. The breath of God gives wisdom. If I need wisdom in my life, I don't want man's wisdom. Man's wisdom is beneficial to a point. But I need God's wisdom. I need what the scripture calls the mind of Christ. I need insight into the future. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So let's look at the, the, uh, the passage again. Ezekiel 37, verse 3. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. You know. Here's what he said. Here's basically what he's saying. 
God said to Ezekiel, is it possible that these can live again? These dry bones, they've been dead for a while. They're not even together. We don't know which bone goes with which body. Can they live again? And Ezekiel says, I don't have a clue, to be honest. I don't. But I know that you know. I know. What is he doing? He's submitting to God's wisdom. He's saying, Lord, I, I, it's, it's similar to the, 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 the man who comes to Jesus and he wants to have faith for healing for someone. And he says, Lord, I believe Help my unbelief. It's that prayer of, Lord, I, I want, I, I'm acknowledging that only you have all wisdom, and I'm also acknowledging that you can do whatever you want to do. I'm acknowledging that. And so what does it do? Is it gives him wisdom. When we go to the word of God, when we get the breath of God in us, what do we have? We have insight, wisdom into what God wants to do. Because then after this, what does he do? God shares with him, well, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to show you how they can live again. He said, I'm going to give you the insight into how they can live again. Look at Job 32, uh, verse 8. But there is a spirit in man, and the breath, look at that, the breath of the Almighty gives him understanding. Do I need understanding in my life? You ever, you ever just wondered, I wish I could understand or understood what I went through, what I'm going through. I wish I could understand why I'm in this right now. I wish I could understand what God's trying to teach me right now. I wish I could understand what God wants me to do. Ever been there, right? It's like I'm at a, I'm at a fork in the road. God, I don't know what you want me to do. This will give you wisdom, okay? This is what's called, the, we like to say, the general will of God. The general will of God is the word of God, okay? But when we pray, we can hear the specific will of God for our lives. So though I may be wondering, am I supposed to take this job or this job? I might not find a verse that says, uh, Dan DeBell should take this job, not that job. It won't be in here. But what will I find? I'm going to find time in his presence, which is going to give me peace for one of the other. I'm going to start walking things out. I'm going to pray about it. And at some point, God's going to give me his specific will for my life, which is him speaking to my heart. But the general will is where I need to start. This is the general will of God. The specific will of God comes with you spending time with him in his word, praying and seeking after him. Seek, ask, knock, and he will reveal himself to you. But it's going to take a little bit of us putting in some work. Amen? So here's the thing. If I need understanding, if I need wisdom, where do I go? I go to the breath of God. I'm going to go to God directly. Number two is this. The breath of God gives order. It gives order. You ever been in a season of your life where it feels like things are chaotic? It's out of control. I, I can't, I'm, I'm treading water. Right, I can't keep up. I'm just playing defense. Like things are happening, and I just can't seem to get ahead. The breath of God brings order. Let's look at verse seven, Ezekiel thirty-seven seven. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Meaning what? Chaos. There was bones everywhere. No rhyme or reason. Okay, there's no way we can figure out how all these go together. But when he prophesied and walked in agreement with God, with what God had for him, what happened? Order came. Chaos and bones came together and began to form skeletons on the ground. They came together in the perfect place that they were supposed to and designed to go. They came together. So all these random bones became skeletons and they came into order from the breath of God. Who spoke it though? Ezekiel. God said... Say this, prophesy this. When Ezekiel breathed the breath of God, order came. I'm already getting ahead to my next point, so hang on. Let me not get there just yet. Let me look at this verse. When we speak God's word, order comes to chaos. Let's look at this verse real quick. Psalm 33, 6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. 
This is Genesis, right? How did God create everything? Some magic potion? No, he spoke it. He spoke it into existence. So why did order come when God spoke in Genesis? It's because when you speak, you breathe. It's the breath of God. When you speak, you breathe. So the breath of God always brings order to chaos. And this is why, this is kind of a common theme we're going to see through this entire series. This is why we must learn to align our breath with God's breath. If I have chaos in my life, if I have confusion in my life, if I need order in my life, what do I need to do? I need to align my breath, which is what? My words with God's word. And when I do that, it brings order to the chaos. I've heard it said this way, and I think this is amazing. God's word in your mouth is just as powerful as God's word in his mouth. Can I say that again? God's word in your mouth is just as powerful as God's word in his mouth. Does that mean that you are God? Absolutely not. But hear what it tells me. It means that God has put his spirit in you. And it means that his word is true when it says that his word cannot return void. So when I choose to align my breath with his breath, which is my word with his word, it's just like Ezekiel prophesying. He spoke what God said to speak. He spoke what God was speaking to him. And in doing so, it brought power and it brought order where there was chaos in his life, chaos in the vision. It's the same thing for us. I've got to learn to watch what I am saying. If I need help in my life, it starts with my mouth. What am I allowing to come out of here? Is my marriage garbage? What am I speaking about my marriage then? Is my job the worst? I always leave more frustrated than I went in. What am I speaking about my boss and my job and my calling? Are my kids just, man, they're just, I can't, they're so (laughs) disobedient. No matter what I do, I just can't get them on the right track. What am I speaking over my kids every day? Words, words, when we align our breath with God's breath, it brings order. Number three is this, the breath of God gives power. The breath of God gives power. Let's look at it here, Ezekiel 37, verse 8. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. What are sinews? Sinews are the tendon that connects the muscle to the bone. So what, God can bring order to your life? But you still need power (laughs) to make it happen. You still need power to move the way God's designed you to move. You still need power to go. God can bring order. God can bring structure in your life. But you still need something to connect you to the power, which is what? It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Let's Let's look at John 20, verses 21 through 22. This is such an interesting verse, and for a lot of my life, I was a little bit confused by this verse. But this is after Jesus has been crucified, put in the grave, raised from the life. And here's what he says in John 20. He's, fi- he's talking to his disciples, and Jesus, so it says this. So Jesus said to them, John 20, verse 21, he says, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he said this, what did he do? He breathed on them. <laughs> and he said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. This is amazing. He breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. First thing we note is this. The breath of God brings power. What we see is after this moment, this is the moment of the disciples' salvation. So when did the disciples truly 
put, have salvation through Christ, it was at this moment. They couldn't before because Jesus hadn't paid for sin yet. He hadn't, been, he hadn't defeated death yet. He wasn't brought back in, gone to the mercy seat yet, and brought, brought his blood there to show and for, for righteousness' sake. He hadn't done any of that. But at this point, he had. So at this moment when he says, receive the Holy Spirit, this is their moment of salvation. This is when they are saved. But even after this, what do we see? The day of Pentecost. 50 days later, what happens? They receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And now he says, now you, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. We cannot accomplish the mission of God without the Holy Spirit power of God. We can try to build churches, to do uh, great work, but if we are not walking in agreement with God under the power of his Holy Spirit, we can't do what he's asked us to do. We can play church and we can make ourselves feel good because we went to church. But if we want to continue, and that's why I'm so thankful for our church, man, we've seen miraculous, <laughs> just in the past month or so, uh, over 10 miraculous healings taking place in our church, instantaneous. It's been amazing. But what is it? Because we're so great? No, it's just because we're walking in the power of God's Holy Spirit in agreement with his word. And when we do that, we welcome him in to go to work. The Holy Spirit is vital for the success of the church, the capital C church. He breathed on them and he said, what? Receive the Holy Spirit. This is the moment that the Holy Spirit goes inside of them. So think of it from Genesis to now. So the beginning of the Old Testament to the beginning of the, the New Testament, when they're truly sent out now in the new covenant, what happens? In the beginning, God breathed life into Adam, right? Fresh life, new life for the first time. In the same way, when we, you and me, when we put our faith in Jesus, God breathes new life into us. It's the same breath that brought Adam to life. When it brought Adam to life, Adam was in right standing with God. He could walk closely with God. Then they messed it up. We fell into sin. But then what happens? When I put my faith in Jesus now, his same breath, when Jesus breathes on his disciples. It was literally the same breath that God gave Adam. He now gives his disciples, which guess what? That's us today. When I put my faith in Jesus, my spirit receives new life, new breath. And in doing so now what? I can walk as Adam walked, not perfect in some garden somewhere, but I can walk in perfect harmony with a righteous God because I'm made righteous by the breath of Jesus, not by my own works or how hard I tried or because I cleaned my life up, because I submitted to Jesus. And then by doing so, I, I was open-handed and I said, Lord, give me what you have for me. And he said, let me breathe fresh life into you. And that's why his scripture says, when we do that, we are a new creation. Old things have passed away. What does he say? All things have become new. Why? It's new life. It's new breath. And it's literally God's breath in our spirit and in our lungs, giving us fresh life, which is the last point today. The breath of God gives life. It gives life. Is this helping anybody today? I don't know, when I was studying, man, this was rocking my world. <laughs> We're not just reading. I'm not just quoting scripture. When I quote scripture, I'm breathing out the breath of God to my situation. How much more confidence do I have now to go to, to, to go to work in prayer? How much more confidence do I have? How much more motivation do I have to pray? God, I'm gonna align my breath with your breath. I'm gonna breathe your life into the situation that looks dead in mine. 
Man, Ezekiel 37, verse 10. So I prophesied and he com- as he commanded me, and breath came into them, into these bodies, and they lived, and they stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. What happened? He aligned his breath with God's breath. And in doing so, it brought fresh Holy Spirit, supernatural life where there was death. Look at Job 33. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty, what does it do? It gives me life. It's his breath. It's his breath that gives us abundant life. Genesis 2, 7, this is the beginning. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Man, the breath of God. Scripturally, when we look at, you, we can read Exodus. This is, I don't have this in your notes, but you can read Exodus. You look at how God parted the Red Sea. When the children of Israel were leaving Egypt, how he parted the Red Sea, it says a blast of his nostrils is what parted the Red Sea. We think he stepped down there and he had to do some mighty act. But can I tell you, our God is so powerful. His breath has so much potential that literally he went like this. And the seas parted. And then what did he do? You can read it in, his, in, in Exodus. You can read it this week. Go look it up. And then what did he do to, to get rid of the enemy that was pursuing his kids? He did the same thing. There's no enemy that is close to our God. The breath of God is far greater than we could ever imagine. And here's the thing, it's more powerful, and we think that God has to come in and do some crazy, miraculous act. But for him, it may seem like that for us, but for him, it's one breath of his nostril, one out-breath of speaking his word over our life that changes everything. If it can part the sea, what do you need God to do in your life? Man, does that encourage us? It should. When I study, here's what happens. Every week when I study and I prepare for these messages, I am breathing in the breath of God. I heard Pastor Robert Morris, he said it like this. He said, I'm basically, throughout the week, as I'm spending time studying, I'm just... And then he he said it like this. He said, I'm just holding it in until Sunday so that I can breathe it out to you. Can I tell you, this is why I don't have a lot of uh, fluff or a lot of uh, extra stories or things in here. I just kind of get to the point because there's two, there, uh, God's word is so much more important than my opinion on a certain matter. Let me just give you his breath, not my breath. I study, I read, I listen to theologians, I pray, I worship, I pray in the spirit. And all of this is me just breathing in so that I can breathe out to you. But can I tell you this? One breath a week is not enough for you to remain spiritually alive. I will do my job, but God needs you to do your job. God's desire is that you would learn to breathe on your own. Is, is the role of the church important? Absolutely, it's biblical. Is the role of pastor important? Absolutely, it's biblical. Do you need somebody in your life that's a spiritual leader? Absolutely, you do. You need a pastor. You need someone that's teaching you. Absolutely, however... God has made this accessible to you for you to go get a breath of fresh air every day. A breath of fresh air. Here's what's amazing. Even fresh air in the natural does wonders for our body. Do you know this? You know what I mean? Have you ever gone to the doctor and they're just like, well, hey, here's, here's some medicine or whatever, but go get some fresh air. You know what I'm talking about? Whenever I had COVID last year, that's what my doctor told me. He said, don't, don't just stay in your room locked up with the blinds closed. He said, go sit on your back porch, get some sunshine and get some fresh air. 
Why? You can look it up. It's amazing what fresh air will do. Here's a quote from, from a study that I found. It says this, fresh air has been shown to help digest food more effectively, improve your blood pressure and heart rate, strengthen the immune system, and re- reduce obesity rates. It makes you happier. It improves your mood and your emotion. Fresh air cleans out your lungs. Fresh air gives you more energy and a sharper mind without the crash of caffeine or energy drinks. Fresh air for our natural body. Can I tell you this? If fresh air can do this for the natural body, what can God-breathed fresh air do for your spiritual body? How much more? Everything in the natural, everything on the earth just points to God. That's why it's a perfect example. He says, I I have breath for you and fresh air for you. Just like it helps your body, I'm here to help your spirit. All scripture is God-breathed. When we read this book, it's so much more than just a book. But when we read it, we're breathing it in. We get wisdom. Your life comes into order. You receive the power of God and you get the life of God himself. You get brand new life in him. But where does it come? To the source. I gotta get some of God's breath in my spiritual body. So here's the reflection question, action steps. Reflection question, in what way, in what area of your life do you need wisdom, order, power, or life? Is there a certain place that you need something that we talked about today? Go after it. Go in here and get after it. The action step is twofold. The first is this. Well, to sum it up, get some fresh air every day this week, okay? Spiritually and naturally. Spiritually, that means read God's word. Meditate on it. Think about it. Second one is this can't hurt to go outside and get some fresh air. Take your family on a walk. Go on a walk yourself. Sit on your back porch, okay? Get some sunshine and some fresh air. Health is a gift from God. It's a good thing. Let's take care of our bodies and our spiritual bodies as well by getting some fresh air this week. Amen? Let me pray for you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you for you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word. We thank you that you love us enough to give us your breath. It truly is your breath in our lungs. And Lord, this week we choose to seek after you. We choose to go after you, to read your word, and just to breathe in fresh life into our beings so that we can go to work on your behalf, so that we can have order, we can have peace, we can have power, we can have your wisdom, God. I pray that you'd make yourself known to us in a fresh way this week. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.